Hello, everyone. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. For Marcus Lopez, I'm your host, Larry Smith. There have been numerous attempts by the 30-meter telescope to build, and those attempts have failed each time because we've blocked them. And, um, you know, they made an attempt in 2015 to break ground, and, um, and people blocked that. In 2015, they really attempted to build, and they arrested many people, and um, they brought the they brought a bunch of equipment up, but they uh, were not able to build because people opposed it so strongly that they weren't able to continue, and they had to back down. And the same thing happened in 2019 when Liko and 37 other kupuna or elders uh, were arrested on Mauna Kea. Today on American Indian Airwaves, we go to the heart of the Hawaiian nation as the struggle to protect Mauna Kea continues. We'll speak with two leading Hawaiian activists that have worked tirelessly over the years to help stop the construction of the 30-meter telescope proposed on top of the sacred site of Mauna Kea. If built, it would be the largest telescope in the world. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. You can hear when the moon shines bright The lone fool in the black of the night You can hear, you can hear The whisper in the valley mm-hmm. And you know when come a honey blows To the Bahu drum Today on American Indian Airwaves, we go to the heart of the Hawaiian nation as the struggle to protect Mauna Kea continues. We speak with two longtime indigenous activists, Liko Martin and Lolani Tili, from the Hawaiian nation on the struggle to protect Mauna Kea from the 30-meter telescope project. Both of them join us for today's program to discuss the recent updates regarding a broader strategy of coalition and solidarity development in exerting pressure on two controlling parties, the University of California and the California Institute of Technology, from withdrawing from the 30-meter telescope project. Manokea is an indigenous Hawaiian sacred site and is presently under threat from the $1.4 billion 30-meter telescope project, which constructed would be 20 stories high below and above ground, and if constructed would be the largest telescope in the world, adversely impacting the indigenous peoples of Hawaii, land, waters, and surrounding areas. The University of California, along with the California Institute of Technology, or Caltech, the National Institutes of Natural Sciences of Japan, the National Astronomical Observatories of the Chinese Academy of Sciences, the Department of Science and Technology of India, and the National Research Council based out of Canada, along with the Association of Universities for Research in Astronomy, are members of the 30-meter International Observatory, LLC, the nonprofit organization responsible for the proposed 30-meter project 
that's threatening the sacred site of Mauna Kea. Despite recent activities over the years and the arrest of Kapuna or Hawaiian elders, the proposal for the 30-meter telescope project still continues. This is Liko Martin and Lolani Tili on Protect Mauna Kea. Thank you, Liko and Lolani, for being on the American Indian Airways. And we're going to talk about Mauna Kea, the news update, some significant situations the last couple of months. And um, so welcome to the American Indian Airways. Aloha. Aloha, Marcus, and aloha to all there, to all uh, you know, follow Ohana, Kolipusta Ohana. Aloha again. Okay, go ahead. So what? So thank you for joining us. Want to give us a little background? Not too much because we've covered the Monokea issue before, but just for some of the listeners that do not or even know about the issue, because there are a lot of issues going around for Indigenous struggles. Um, want to give us a short little summary about Monokea? What is it? And what's the background of that, please? Okay, sure. So there are uh, currently um, quote-unquote 13 telescopes on the summit of Mauna Kea. There are actually more than that because what they consider one telescope is actually often a complex. So all 13 of those were done without Kanaka Maoli consent. Mauna Kea is our most sacred mountain. It is the tallest mountain in the Pacific Ocean. It is actually the tallest mountain in the world when measured from its base, which is at the bottom of the ocean. And uh, it's one of the most sacred places on the planet, you know, and we see that as the one of our main places of creation. And so the 30-meter telescope has been proposed in the early 2000s for the northern plateau of Mauna Kea, which is close to the summit. It's as high as they could get it because we are talking about a an 18-story high building with um, about four-foot ball fields worth of disturbance of ground and they couldn't do that anywhere else other than the plateau so this plateau is the point at which you can see if you have a trained eye as our traditional astronomers do all the way up the island chain you can see Haleakala on Maui and you can you know, if you have very, very good eyes, you can see all the way up the entire island chain. And you can further align those islands and those sacred mountains with the stars that are above you. So it is a place for our traditional astronomy and have obviously having an 18-story building, which is higher than any building on Hawaii Island, uh, would very, very seriously disturb the ability to do that or many other practices, you know. And so um, it has been vociferously opposed by Kanaka Maoli since it was first uh, proposed. And um, there are a few Hawaiians who um, 
supported for construction money, but generally speaking, the masses of people have come out and stood against it, particularly anyone who is cultural and uh, culturally grounded to spiritual practice on Mauna Kea. So uh, there have been numerous attempts by the 30-meter telescope to build, and those attempts have failed each time because we've blocked them. And, um, you know, they made an attempt in 2015 to break ground, and, um, and people blocked that. Uh, actually, they didn't block it. Actually, the police blocked us, and the people merely set up another roadblock right below the police. So it was, you know, that was, uh, that was actually in 2014. In 2015, they really attempted to build, and they arrested many people, and um, they, brought the, they brought a bunch of equipment up. But they uh, were not able to build because people opposed it so strongly that they weren't able to continue and they had to back down. And the same thing happened in 2019 when Liko and 37 other kupuna or uh, elders, very, very respected elders, all of them, uh, were arrested on Mauna Kea. And, um, you know, when they attempted to, to build at that time. So basically there is no way forward. Um, the, their lease, the master lease for the University of Hawaii, who is the lessor to TMT, expires in 2033. So there's not even enough time to build this before the lease expires. They would have to count on another lease being issued, which, again, Kanaka Maoli extremely oppose. So, um, you know, basically the only way that they would be able to do that is to presume brutality against the indigenous people of Hawaii, um, to presume that that brutality against the indigenous people of Hawaii could actually result in success, you know, that they'd be able to actually overcome us, which they have not been able to do so far, even for one day. So, um, you know, they, basically they're throwing money into a large pit. And in the meantime, of course, we have the space telescopes that are producing much better pictures than they ever could and making the entire project look rather ridiculous. So that's, that's essentially where we're at. And in the meantime, um, we have been working with students of the um, the various institutions involved with the 30-meter telescope, notably the University of California, because the University of California is the key partner in TMT. It has the most board members, um, TMT board members, such as Dr. Henry Yang, who is the chancellor of UC Santa Barbara, and Michael Bolte, who is the astronomy uh, faculty at um, UC Santa Cruz, um, and these, uh, uh, and uh, you know, and and the Gordon and Betty Moore Foundation in Palo Alto, whose money comes through the UC system. So you know, we consider them the key partner in this, along with uh, Caltech, the California Institute of Technology, who is also a key partner and. Um, and also you, Marcus, the indigenous peoples of each of the campuses 
upon which this TMT corporation is actually functioning. So, you know, for, um, for each area, we have had the very strong and awesome support of the indigenous peoples of that land. So in, um, in your area, in Santa Barbara, you know, you and the Chumash have been absolutely awesome in speaking out about the TMT, confronting Dr. Yang and others about the TMT. In, in UC, at UCLA and Caltech, the Tongva have stood with us. In Berkeley, the Lijan Ohlone have, um, have absolutely stood with us. And, uh, you know, that Berkeley and Oakland, where the University of California headquarters is, at UC Santa Cruz, the Amamutsin have been our awesome allies. And, um, and, you know, basically, wherever we have gone, we have had a really, really strong alliance with the indigenous peoples. And we've done our best to highlight what is going on there with, um, you know, in, in many cases, um, the need for the University of California to return bones or sacred objects or deoccupy lands or um, whatever issues may, there may be between the indigenous peoples and the University of California, which there are many. So uh, in other words, this entire TMT struggle, although it has been very difficult and uh, extremely, um, you know, extremely a lot in just every front, has been an awesome place for the energies of many, many indigenous people to reconnect over the ocean, revitalizing our ancient connections, and also, um, you know, lifting up the students and, you know, kind of giving rise to a new generation of, um, of really strong voices who are coming into their own in many ways. So, you know, that's basically where we're at. I'm sorry that wasn't exactly short, but that's kind of the summary of the Mauna Kea situation, the TMT, and where, where we are um, with the struggles in California where we currently are right now. And you're listening to an interview with Liko Martin and Lulani Tili of the Hawaiian Nation, they are longtime indigenous activists traveling as part of a broader coalition development to stop the construction of the 30-meter telescope project on the sacred site known as Mauna Kea in the heart of the Hawaiian Nation. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. And now back to the interview. Thank you, Lalani. Can you, Rico, talk about when they said that when they developed this whole plan, that uh, about the detrimental effects to the public health, safety, and welfare of the Kanaka Maoris, and what issues were involved recently on the public health issues and the question of water. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, the most recent uh, sort of a you know victory of conscience uh, over the UC was. Uh, uh, the earlier when they they voluntarily the board of regents voluntarily withdrew a permit that they were able to uh, uh, to get and part of that withdrawing was that they I guess they had a sense 
of that the 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 permit was gotten maybe by not just quite the you know the most upfront means um because in Hawaii we have a lot of uh, uh judicial taking put it that way okay i mean from top to bottom the whole entire system is imposed and um so the in, the judiciary is part of the taking but wisely i think um there the uc knew their vulnerability liability and basically the conscience of here they are running out of water in california and the site that they've selected is the the very top of the aquifer of the tallest mountain mass on the planet earth so uh, that was a good. Uh, that was a good one, and which would now that requ- there will be required to, or it's not so much. It's not that anything is free of politics, but they have to deal with the issue of the board of health and the runoff of the contaminations, uh, the you know basic basic particles that would uh, basically uh, poison the well. As, and I'm sure all the other uh, um I call them hotels. That would have been a great slip there. Yeah, they're basically hotels, okay? And um, so you have that, that kind of disregard. Uh, yeah, so the environmentally, of course, it's a great threat. And uh, along the same pattern of uh, disregard and takeover, uh, colonial, call it, you know, just calling it what it is uh, that we're faced with. And... Um, so that's environmentally, that's what's, and, you know, I mean, to for me to isolate what is happening on Mauna Kea, I'm, um, I am much more personally, I am involved in uh, environmental issues across the islands. And as an example, you know, when Laulani was speaking, I'm listening to this and I'm sure you know, many people who are listening are saying, well, yeah, that happened to us, and, you know, it's not surprising. You know, well, that's the way it is. is. That's the way it's gone. So given that, that this is a story that's been repeated and repeated, where do we go from here? What is it that can be done? Where have we, uh, uh, what, what, where, where should our thinking go so that we can align energy align uh consciousness not just of, of a certain group in a certain area a certain reservation or what but the consciousness of humanity and the the uh and, and engaging in that level so that and this is a picture i have been getting it's like you have many reservation areas you know that were set aside but people are leaving there and then you have masses of people who are already on the outside, who have nowhere to go. Where is there? Can there be a concept of some kind of bridge and opening where the enslaved, no matter where you came from, originated from, have a place to go? And to me, this is part. This is an aspect of, of um, uh, you know, for the elders, for the tribes, to for the, the people to consider. I hate to say tribes; it's a diff- difficult thing, but you know, you get used to. It saying that um that where do we go how do we go into the future and of course um you know uh, arthur manuel's father is the prophecy and the things that he spoke of uh, that were put down in arthur manuel's book i live with that book that's the one book that travels with me everywhere marcus because that is he he's seen into the future of how we how 
what uh, methodologies, what, what moves, what marches, what either sit-ins or how we align our resources, even to the level of bringing up and having the, the United Nations of the Native American indigenous groups of the Americas. And you come and you create a whole other, you know, United Peoples thing, and you bring your resources with you, and all of a sudden, uh, the land, you know, you've got a bulk, you've got raw materials. Raw materials are resources, Okay. And this is what I'm, as I'm listening to this, because this is a, this is a continuing story. It's going to continue. So that's where I kind of offshoot forward, looking forward of what we can do collectively, human, in a humanitarian level, a global level, and regions becoming united, okay, especially with resource management. Um, I mean, Hawaii, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a mix between um, Nazi Germany, uh, apartheid South Africa, and uh, just the atrocious uh, political crimes uh, through the um, political system like in uh, Japan, okay? That's what's happening to Hawaii. So anybody who's thinking Hawaii is a paradise, it's a paradise uh, of, of great despair. Yeah, and, and so anyway, I'll just sort of shut off and see what the next question might be. Thank you very much, Marcus. Okay. I think one of the things that reminds me of uh, what Lalani um, said about the elders, um, what's going on with the case, your case, and the rest of the elders that you can share with the public? Okay. Where the, what has happened with the, 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 the law case is that the judicial stealing and the whole uh, genocide coming out through the courts kind of caught up with him. And the whole case uh, got, uh, a couple of people got uh, found guilty early on, but the whole case was dismissed. Dismissed because it suddenly came to the surface that over the last 65 years of, the, of this, this, this uh, federal constitution, political subdivision coming in and um, to the Hawaiian Islands, it was discovered that their process of prosecution was absolutely flawed, complete to the bone, I mean stripped. They would have had, the, the attorneys were shocked because they realized when they started to look in at the methodology by which the consecutive arrests of over the last 50, 60 years since this, this tourist uh, corporation came, has been done outside of due process, outside of respect can, for itself. That's okay. That, um, what happened was that the, uh, all of the remaining cases were yes. dropped, were dismissed. Um, however, they all of the kupuna went through uh, over two years of, um, of uh, constant court dates which, you know, were islands, and this is a big island. A lot of the kupuna were not on that island, or if they were, they were in areas far away and, um, and had to uh, travel to each court date. So I have a long list of uh, Lico's court dates, and um, there were, gosh, I don't even know how many, but it was, it was a lot. Yeah. So let me share a little details because I, as I had been sharing before, in particular my case, uh, my, my, my legal uh, track uh, took me to uh, filing a uh, writ of prohibition in the 
Supreme Court of the Hawaiian Islands, which is in the Hawaiian Islands, it's not the state of Hawaii, and it caused a great commotion. It was a very long brief, and revealed and sort of put put the facts on the table that we basically have a civil war. It, it just filled in all. It was a new coloring book on the history of Hawaii. But what happened to that was I was uh, unable to. Uh, kind of frustratingly, too, I had put my best efforts into, I'm not an attorney, and the the Supreme Court justices, the justices of the Hawaiian Supreme Court were actually foreign, you know, intellect guys. Uh, they just said, oh, no, they didn't dispute any of the facts, and they just said, well, if we're going to do this, we'll destroy the state of Hawaii. Well, not my problem. And what is this thing that needs to be destroyed? Maybe it needs to be destroyed because it's doing great harm to people and national balance. So it's kind of left in limbo at that point. With all that information, I mean, you know, and I've reached out over radio, I've reached out personally, even to the um, uh, Magritte, Oklahoma case. Uh, what was filed there is a slam dunk. Magritte, we could come in in that same way, possibly with a legal strategy of uh, because of insufficient uh, counsel, that I would be able to, that this this information, it's not about me, it's about the information, could be filed in, in the Supreme Court, okay? And, but, you know, so much for the United States Supreme Court, okay? So I'm just putting that out because that's like a, a technical thing. Otherwise, it was dismissed, and uh, and it took a month because that, that particular case was filed at the very last minute uh, it really threw the judge judiciary into a, a, um, a kind of they didn't know what to do. So they said, well, normally they'll just dismiss, you know, uh, with, pre with without prejudice, and we're back to square one. But it took them about a month to, to decide to do that. And, of course, you know, it would have, uh, going the other way would have mean we surrender, we're out of here and everything. So it's dismissed without prejudice. We're back to square one. Uh, in the meantime, the fortification of the area where the uh, initial standoff has been quite fortified to gather masses, and so all kind of different strategic things in the event that it will go that far. Uh, in the meantime, the university uh, has uh, situated itself up there and is just, you know, well, now it's not about the TMT. Let's make it about the trees. Let's make it about the bugs. But we're here and we're setting up shop, basically. That's what's going on. It could be a golf course. It could be a dog park. Okay? And it's, that's how gross it is in Hawaii. Okay. Well, excuse me, Marcus, for, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Rico. No. And that was part one of our two-part interview with Liko Martin and Lolani Tili, indigenous peoples and citizens of the Hawaiian nation. They are traveling throughout the states as part of a broader strategy of coalition and solidarity development in attempting to exert pressure on two controlling parties, the University of California and the California Institute of Technology, from withdrawing from the 30-meter telescope project, if constructed, would be the largest telescope in the world built on top of Mauna Kea, an indigenous Hawaiian sacred site that is under threat still today. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. 
Ena Hawaii mai ni hau ahi ki kamoko kiawe. O kia kamana wa kako e ku haheo. E ku no kamona awakea. Rise up, rise up, rise up, Hawaiian people. We must unite and fight against evil. The wicked them will try and buy up your freedom. Cause they fear us when we stand as one. Rise up, they wanna look for life on Mars. So they look up at the stars. Or they desecrate the land of our ancestors. I don't understand the plan. Politicians, them are wicked. Never listen to opposition of the Hawaiian. The song Rise Up by Ryan Haraoka here on American Indian Airwaves. 
In the final segment of today's program, we go back to our interview with Liko Martin and Lolani Tili, indigenous Hawaiian activists who are traveling throughout the United States as part of our broader strategy of coalition development and solidarity in stopping the construction of the 30-meter telescope project on top of the sacred site of Mauna Kea. The 30-meter telescope project, if built, would be 20 stories high below and above ground, and if constructed, would be the largest telescope in the world, adversely affecting the sacred site of Mauna Kea, the plants and animal relations, and surrounding water-life relations as well. And now, part two of our two-part interview with Marcus Lopez interviewing Liko Martin and Lolani Tili on protecting Mauna Kea. On that note, you talked about the court cases, but just recently, and you talked about the health concerns and the water and the safety and welfare of the people. Talk about, for our listeners, the connection you mentioned a little bit, the connection between the empire the i mean not the empire but the hawaiian kingdom is the proper word and its relationship with uh now the court system or just the american public can recognize and realize that the kingdom of hawaii is just that and that a lot of people forget about that and manokea is a reflection because a, a kingdom is no better or worse than the the culture and meaning of the people is that important to recognize and if so how so okay it's it's very important uh to recognize uh in that the the hawaiian kingdom uh coming from its original you know being just an indigenous group chiefs come in we fought amongst ourselves we're united it it it, uh it then evolved in the 1840s uh, into uh, constitutional, civil, and penal codes, uh, international and domestic U.S. treaties at the time of the takeover. And I'd say not an overthrow, but this is a takeover. What the court case, uh, the writ of prohibition, reveals, it's a new coloring book, except this time it's in color. It's not in black and white. Um, and... It reveals that the, uh, the the plantation people and the business people, you know, wearing their robes and they're carrying their crosses and everything, came with sugar. And they came in, uh, caught Hawaii at a time when population. So the, the kingdom is, is very important as a symbol of, of an elevated people, indigenous people, strong culture, values, laws that protected the land primarily and and it still exists under international law that's what is the importance of of at some point in time uh if 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 a, if a court is can even affect the political situation properly which is questionable uh that it's a treaty violation we have an outstanding treaty the united states is interna- is violated not only the treaties five treaties they have with me at this particular time, and to be clear that our treaty relationships was not just with the titular head who was a constitutional monarch. These were treaties with the people, see? Marcus, when I grew up on the beaches of Waikiki, I lived in that treaty philosophy and that 
in that treaty relationship. There was no discrimination. Anyone who came to the beach wanted to hang out with the Hawaiians, learn how to weave, go and, and go fishing, go out on the canoe, take a canoe ride, or even get married to a Hawaiian, and boom, that, that's, that's how I grew up. But in 59, when that federal constitution came in and that subdivision came in, it's all been going downhill from then, okay? So, and, and actually, the subdivision, the, whole, the U.S. subdivision, uh, were supposed to run and, and abide by the, by, the, by the laws and use the laws of the, uh, uphold the laws, but they haven't. So here, let me give you the phone to, to allow me. I, I think one thing that is very important to understand is that Hawaii has two different, completely um, incompatible realities that are happening and um, you know one is that of an occupied country and the other one is a quote unquote state of Hawaii which has a lot of um, you know it, it, it has a lot of visibility in what you might think of as everyday reality but it has no actual legal basis because the people never consented to have it whatsoever. They never consented to statehood, despite the propaganda that uh, went forward that there was, oh, there was this plebiscite. Well, a plebiscite only gave one choice. It was, you know, they had two choices on the ballot. One was um, to be a state and one was to be a territory. So both of them are not, um, you know, not things that the, people whose country it actually was would um, would vote for and many of them just didn't vote because it was you know that was their only way to protest was to not participate um, but US soldiers could vote and people who had been here a week could vote and so um, you know there's there's this false narrative that we are somehow a legitimate state of the United States of America. But because there has been no consent whatsoever from the people of that place, it is actually not true. And by the way, just uh, to, to the listeners, don't buy land in Hawaii because I'm going to tell you right now that title is not good and somebody else is going to claim it. Okay, I'm just going to tell you that right now. Um, and that's happening all over the place, you know, where people get these deeds to land in Hawaii and then the people who actually own the land come and take it back, basically, or, you know, basically occupy it. And, um, and you know, there's a lot of contention there because of that. You know, it gets framed as, oh, these uh, anti-white people, which is not true, or these, you know, restless natives, you know, it's the same thing that they've been doing to all indigenous peoples all over the world for many years when they want to take more of our, what, what we have left, you know. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to highlight that because it's, it's very important, you know, we find ourselves engaged in the state systems all the time because we do need to do what we can to stop the bulldozers 
because that's what they actually have. You know, they don't have any legitimacy to the government. They don't have any legitimacy to the mountain. They have, they do not own the land, but they do own a bunch of bulldozers and a lot of guns. And that's what they own. So, um, so we, you know, we're constantly dealing with those bulldozers and guns. And, um, you know, and, and they have a lot of money to dole out to people in our community who need money. And, um, and they are able to buy off some people that way, quite frankly. Um, you know, and they're uh, trying to um, create an astronomy industry by training our people in astronomy, in Western astronomy, and basically making their only career opportunities through destruction of their own land. So, I mean, there's no, we're not against astronomy, but we're certainly against that kind of manipulation of science um, in, you know, as a tool of destruction. So uh, that's kind of, you know, the, the kinds of things that we deal with every day. I, I should say that um, with the most recent election, um, you know, many more candidates have been elected who are willing to use words like U.S. occupation and, um, you know, who are willing to deal with the actual problem as it actually is. You know, it's been silenced for a long time. There's a lot of thuggery, you know, a lot of blacklisting um, and other tactics to basically um, make the narrative of statehood the only narrative but it's not the only narrative if you look at all of the scholars all of the hawaiian scholars will say that it is a false narrative every one of them every single one of them anyone who is an expert in hawaii in any form on any um credible level will say that it is a false narrative you know every single one of them do say that but um of course, again, there are the guns and bulldozers and um, stacks of cash, you know, and that is the that that's what we're up against, basically. Well, thank you for that. I'm, I'm sorry I asked you a question for uh, such a broad question, but I think it was important that we, we understand the Hawaii Kingdom, which is that, and that people need to get that in their consciousness for one. But in ending, what can people do now in order to support? Manokea, uh, uh, is, are there any petitions? Is there any action? Because I know we're coming into a, a period where a lot of cultural celebrations and ceremonies are coming about, a lot of quiet time for uh, First Peoples, Indigenous Peoples. Uh, what can people do, the public as a whole, about uh, supporting the effort and to continue with support uh, of Manokea. Well, first and foremost, uh, I would really strongly encourage everyone to support the indigenous peoples of whatever land they are on. You know, so first and foremost, that should be done before anything else. Wherever you are, there are indigenous peoples of that land. And no, it doesn't mean supporting another casino. It means supporting the people who are taking care of, um, of, of the land. And there are those caretakers, 
you know, there are those indigenous people who are, you know, connected to the land, and it is important to find them and support them. And uh, so that's the first thing, and that really does support Mauna Kea. Mauna Kea is a gigantic mountain made up of the earth itself and all of the caretakers on it who are connected to it. And so that is very important. Also, the National Science Foundation has now become a player in this, um, in the TMT, because the TMT is running out of money. And so, um, you know, they first estimated $1.4 billion. Well, it's now up to $2.8 billion because of all the quote-unquote delays and because they just don't really actually have their act together. So they are asking the National Science Foundation to make up that money and the National Science Foundation is considering it. So there will most likely be several opportunities for people to comment and that will be very helpful for people to uh, provide comment to the National Science Foundation to say, no, do not invest in this. It's not, this is not a good direction for science. Um, certainly at the University of California, almost every campus now has a university um, UC Divest TMT group. Just about every UC campus has one. There's one at Merced, there's one at Davis, there's one at, um, at all of the other campuses. And you're listening to an interview with Liko Martin and Lulani Tili of the Hawaiian Nation. They are longtime indigenous activists traveling as part of a broader coalition development to stop the construction of the 30-meter telescope project on the sacred site known as Mauna Kea in the heart of the Hawaiian Nation. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. And now back to the interview. So um, if people can support those students, they're doing really awesome work. Uh, So for the California folks, um, that is certainly important. And also just to, um, to TOT itself and, and the University of, of California Board of Regents, uh, you know, they have periodic meetings and we're at every single meeting telling them to divest from TMT. So uh, writing a letter prior to each meeting is very, very helpful if anybody wants to do that. And, you know, just in general, protecting sacred places. Super, super important. Let me see if Nico has anything to add. Well, um, the, as I was listening to Laulani, it's like uh, watching a cartoon where you have a bunch of little kids sitting in the garage and one of them says, hey, man, let's go and do this over there. So, they say, oh, yeah, well, I got a little bit of money. Let's put our marbles together and we go and, and let's, let's, let's we'll build a telescope over there. And I was unaware of that the, the TNT was actually a financial investment on the part of the Board of Regents of the University of California. It's not like, it wasn't like uh, uh, it was a national security issue or, um, uh, you know, it was just a kind of, uh, you know, well, it's a good idea, folly. Okay, we can have a good time. Obviously, the science industry is way beyond. This is this is actually, if, Monica, if TMT loses, it means 
that the world loses the United States and parties involved with them lose control of the Hawaiian Islands. And they lose control of the mechanism and the foundation upon which they can keep forging wars and the disruption of indigenous cultures throughout the entire Pacific area and beyond. That's what is at stake here. So Hope Mauna Kea has lit the fire. Uh, it has uh, refueled that that uh, that um, awareness. Uh, you know, my latest little sticker, if I was going to make a sticker for the upcoming thing, is just, it would say, it would read, uh, I, would, I would cut my body in half. I would paint one color to show, uh, two different colors to show what happens when you have apartheid. And it would read, uh, you see... Let's say she would say TNT and UC slamming down apartheid on me, okay? And that's all. That's that's what we're basically dealing with. So thank you again, Marcus. And uh, you know, uh, the report is what it is coming out of the Hawaiian Islands, and uh, I know that it's a story that has been repeated since the very very first people sailed by and said, "No, we don't see those people are not those are not really people." And, here comes, uh, again, you know, the uh, doctrine of, uh, um, you know, terra nullis. But we are here, Hawaiians, uh, the vast majority of the Hawaiian population, the low, latest sentence, census has about 700,000 Hawaiians have left Hawaii already. Wow. There's no job security. There's nothing. The, the, the bark parks and the beaches in the Hawaiian islands now you think you were arriving on an island that was kind of deserted or a ghost town. That's how bad the the uh, the effects of, of this kind of activity like the TMT are happening at the local level. And, be, and then so the taking of the springs, just like Mauna Kea. So anyway, the best to everyone out there. Have a safe uh, going into the, uh, the winter season. Hope your harvests were great and that your families have... Uh, are getting stronger, uh, and that's what is inspiring here to be amongst the amongst the families who have experienced the 500 years. Okay, so the best to you. I'll give the phone back to to Laulani, and once again, thank you for letting us participate and and share our story. Okay. What well, I, I uh, thank you so much, Laulani and Vico, for um, for this conversation regarding Manokea. Um, we're running out of time, and so we'd like to thank you very much for the overview and for our conversation regarding Manokea. As I travel from place to place, some familiar and some strange. Listen to the stories my eyes have seen glory. So let us raise our voice in song to save our land. Generations to guide the destiny of our generations to sing.
The moment of silence is over. And that concludes our show for today here on American Indian Airwaves. That was Liko Martin and Lolani Tili of the Hawaiian Nation speaking on protecting Mauna Kea from the 30-meter telescope project. A 20-story high proposed telescope, if constructed, would be the largest in the world and would adversely affect and impact the sacred site of Mauna Kea and all the plant and animal and water relations throughout the region. That concludes our show for today. A special thank you again to our guests, Liko Martin and Lolani Tili. A special thank you to our musical guest, Aragon star Kupa Aina, Ryan Hiraoka, Liko Martin, and the band Blackfire. American Indian Airwaves is mixed and mastered in the studios of Burnt Swamp Studios in Signal Hill, California. For Marcus Lopez, I've been your host for the hour, Larry Smith. Until next time. clean from the guilty minds Nor the hands that hold the chains Silence is over.